Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 Anajar and Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. He's always been a, just a, a really good player in my eyes. Just seeing how, how friendly he is running routes. He just understands zones and, you know, how to get leverage and, and, and win his matchups. I think he's always been really good at that. But I guess just seeing how he's really taken on this new role and can really do anything. We can put him wherever, and it, it adds a lot of flexibility to our offense, and that's something that's always good. And then just seeing him get more and more confident at receiver, I think, before. Obviously, he, he knew what he could do, and he, was, he helped us a lot at receiver, but didn't play as much, but he was mostly a special teams guy. And now that he knows, you know, he's one of he's one of the, the main guys, and he's going to be getting the ball a lot, and he's been creating a lot of opportunities for himself. I think you see that confidence growing more and more. That is uh, Trevor Lawrence on Jamal Agnew. I mean, it is incredible, really. Where this goes, we're still not completely sure with Jamal Agnew. What he's done already has been unreal. <laughs> and, uh, I joked, <laughs> remember, I joked like after, uh, I think, the first three games when he had returned two touchdowns, like the greatest free agent signing ever. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> Twitter didn't appreciate that, or some parts of Twitter didn't. Um, well, not the greatest ever, but one hell of a free agency signing. I mean, you sign this guy for like $14 million, and I think he can get up with incentives to like $21 million, which, by the way, some of those incentives must be popping <laughs> based off what, what he's been doing. And now if they involve him in the offense even more, which it sounds like they are going to do, and he had a handful of catches in London, I mean, this guy could be a heck of a fine. The first free agent signing, we all were like, why is this the first free agent signing? Mm -hmm. And there were teams interested in, in Agnew from a return standpoint. But nobody would have been interested in Agnew from this standpoint. Like that's, This wasn't the intent, not even of the Jags. And so now when you look at the spot he's in, and he's really just growing and blossoming as a, as a receiver, Austin, because he's hardly ever done it. He was a cornerback. You know, in college, and, and he just shifted to the offensive side on a couple plays here or there, and now he's probably just saying, hey, oh, I can do this play too. I can take this play out of the playbook. And, I mean, he's going to play a lot of snaps. I, well, I don't know about a lot, but a good amount of snaps, I think, Sunday in Seattle on the offensive side of the football, and nobody would have predicted that two months ago. No, not at all. You know, I mean, really the, the only experience he has in terms of, of playing on an offense and playing wide receiver would have been last year. I think he only had 12 receptions, so he's definitely going to blow past that um, career stat. You know, it, I was the guy that said, well, I don't want Agnew to... Um, you know, to, to play on offense as well because he's obviously probably the best return man in the league. So, like, you, you don't want to wear the, the tire on those treads and rely on him for more than you have to. But then I see a guy like Cordell Patterson and how he's being used now in Atlanta. Um, how could you not want to get, you know, some more out of Agnew, I guess, you know, because I, I spoke about uh, before as well as Devin Hester. Devin Hester was a guy who, you know, they tried to make into a wide receiver. They tried to make into a gadget guy, and Devin Hester is the greatest return man of all time, and he couldn't really get it done. There is really no rhyme or reason why some return guys it works and some it doesn't, but for whatever reason, you know, Agnew seems to kind of found a niche, and it's a great job of his coaches, you know, kind of bring out the best of him. And I say, I mean, in terms of speed, that's what Urban Meyer wants. Um, that's what this team needs. So then so be it. Use the speed to your advantage and, and, and go out there and have it a lot like, once again, Cordell Patterson. Yeah, you know, that's a really good call. Um, but although, I mean, Cordell Patterson, he, he's, he's been used in the receiving game before, you know, but, like, this is the breakout year for him for sure. Well, he's not only using – isn't Cord 
uh, Patterson used in the sometimes even as like a running back over his career. So this is the first year I think that he's been used as a running back, um, just as much as, as a wide receiver as well. Like when he was in New England, he was one of their go-to, well, I said go-to receivers, but he was one of their receivers in New England. Um, has never exceeded over 52 yards um, in I'm sorry, over 52 receptions in a season. That was back in Minnesota back in 2016. Um, well on his way to breaking that mark this year. What's his high in carries in his career? Because I feel like the Patriot, I feel like he was used in that role from time to time, well, not on a, cons a consistent yeah. level, but from time to time. So his, his highest in carries would have been last year in Chicago, and that's when you started to see a little bit of what he was capable of. Uh, he had 64 rushes last year. He's at 55. Oh, yeah, he's at 55 right now. Oh, wow. Wow. Okay. Uh, I didn't realize he had that many in Chicago. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know, and that, I just think it's a great comp, right? I mean, it's at the very least, it's a uh, it's a guy that can do all these different things. I mean, we think about a guy who can catch the football, who can run jet sweeps, who can c carry it out of the backfield, who can carry it in a wildcat formation. We think of LaVisca Chennault. Mm -hmm. Well, Jamal Agnew's kind of becoming... Another Swiss Army knife that the Jacksonville Jaguars had. You can use them on uh, screen plays. You can use them on jet sweeps. You can probably use them on a reverse if you wanted to try one of those. I haven't seen one of those in Jacksonville in like 12 years, it feels like. <laughs> uh, the And now you're sending them down the field. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a wild story. It's a really cool story of Jamal Agnew and just how his game has blossomed. And... We often, when we think of return men, you, you know, P Patterson doesn't come to mind right away. Guys like Hester do, and Hester's experiment on the offensive side wasn't really that good of one. Like, mm -hmm. he wasn't that dynamic on the offensive side of the football. So we're like, well, they're probably not going to work nine times out of ten. Well, it might be right, but here in Jacksonville it is working, one out of necessity, and two out of, hey, let's get the ball in a playmaker's hands because the Jags, with no ETN, with no DG, DJ Chark, really don't have that guy that can be explosive and take it from the 25 to the end zone. You know, they just don't have that guy. LaVisca's not going to do that. Marvin Jones, unless he beats the defense and it's like 60-yard bomb, most likely he's not going to do that. James Robinson, we saw it in the Tennessee game. He's, he can be a 58-yard guy, but he's probably not going to finish it off. He'll, he'll get caught. That's the one knock against James. So Agnew is a guy that has one showed great hands, but if you get him in the open field, he can do some things with the football and take it to the house. So uh, I just think it's a really neat story, really cool story, what's going on. Yeah. Uh, and, and not even in the Jags' wildest dreams, uh, even as a, you know, picking him up in free agency, they never could have imagined. Being, going to Seattle a week after the bye and having a game plan that would involve Agnew probably to the degree that it will look like on Sunday. See, but I also think it was the perfect fit for Jamal Agnew because he's essentially playing the role I think that Travis Etienne was going to play. Now, obviously, yeah. you can't really put Agnew in the, in the backfield in terms of running between the tackles, but you get the sense that, you know, once... ETN went down. They tried their best to, to find, you know, at least a, a, some sort of replacement for him. And, you know, whether it was Tavon Austin or whatever the case may be. But we still haven't really found that, that speed, dynamic type of guy. And then enter Jamal Agnew, and now you seem like it's a match made in heaven. So I just feel that Agnew is essentially doing what Travis ETN was supposed to be doing this year. So they kind of already had the script written up. They just had to find an actor to play it. Yeah, and, and, you know, we want, didn't we wonder about Tavon Austin uh, in that role? And we threw Agnew's name out, but it was kind of like, yeah, well, I doubt it. 
and and here we are. So um, it's a cool story. You know, it's a really cool story. The Jags obviously need speed. They're looking for speed. They're trying to find guys that can, you know, they, they want that dynamic of being able to send someone on a go route and, and take some defensive attention away from the other guys uh, on a consistent basis. They really don't have that, uh, if we're being honest. But Deshaun Jackson wants a trade. Does it do anything for you? He's 34 years old. Uh, will he be cheap enough? Um, would that be someone to bring in? I mean, we've, we've asked this question, right, all week. Uh, will Fuller, uh, Andy Isabella, Deshaun Jackson, uh, does that did that do anything when you saw it today that uh, basically McVay acknowledged it out in L.A. that, hey, he's deserved an opportunity to go seek a trade? Uh, and I guess that's what he's going to do over these next few days. No, Deshaun Jackson doesn't really do anything for me in, in terms of, you know, where he's at with his career, where he's at with his age. I mean, you, you have a guy in Tyron Johnson who I'd probably rather have right now than Deshaun Jackson. It's just a matter of, I guess, can Tyron Johnson pick the offense up? Can he pick the route running up? Whatever the case may be. But I'd, I'd rather go with Tyron Johnson. Yeah, I, I agree with you, by the way. I don't. Deshaun Jackson doesn't do much for me at all. I mean, he's had, he had the one highlight. I think he's averaging a lot of catch, mostly because of the 75-yard play. That I he mean, had. he's a deep threat for sure. It's just how long can he sustain that before getting injured? Yeah. Um, it would be nice if Tyron Johnson comes around in, in some way, shape, or form. Can they do stuff? Can they make it happen? Like, it's really weird for me, Austin, to hear. Uh, I, I, I get some people have, like, strengths and weaknesses. But if you're that fast and that's what you're out there for, it's just so strange to hear, well, the details and the route running and that's why he probably was let go and he's still not up to speed yet. I mean, I mean, you're a receiver. Like, you still probably could throw the guy out on the field and get open, right, if you're that fast? <laughs> yeah, it just I mean, feels like It feels like it should be easier than being like, well, we really can't do that. He's not going to do that much because his route running. Like, I, I understand you can be a very good route runner, but the guys that don't we need to be really good route runners are most likely because they're not that fast. No, sure. I mean, yeah, uh, I agree with you there. Um, but, you know, it's all about separation, and, and nothing creates separation, I think, than, you know, your agility and your, able to run, your ability to run routes. Um, you know, there's definitely enigmas out there. There's definitely outliers out there. I think DK Metcalf would be one of those outliers because you saw the guy in a straight line speed at the combine, but then he runs a slower, you know, shuttle than Tom Brady did. So people were kind of turned off to DK Metcalf. If he had a suitable shuttle time, he would have definitely been a first-round pick, no questions asked. You look at DeAndre Hopkins, who runs like a round of, I think, a mid-4-5. That's not that blazing for a receiver, but the guy's always open. The guy always gets the ball because he's a great route runner. So, you know, we hear speed, we hear speed, we hear speed, and you think, okay, well, then if he's got the speed, he's going to be a fantastic wide receiver. And it doesn't always correlate to that because there should be just as not a amount of a premium in terms terms of running that route and using that speed to your advantage because you got guys like Darius Haywood Bay, John Ross stick out to me as guys who they have the speed, but they just couldn't put it all together in terms of route running and being able to catch the football. Uh, let me ask you about another guy, Dan Arnold. Uh, he, he's been here now for a few weeks. He, it's funny. We're all high on Dan Arnold, but at the same time, he cost the Jags like probably 11 points so far this season. Uh, four on a drop. Uh, was that the London game, the drop pass? Uh, in inside the ten or something, and uh, yeah, I think it was the London game, and then also the uh, the fumble I think against Tennessee right in the first play or a couple plays of the game. Mm -hmm. So, uh, but he does feel like he gives this team something. He gives them some juice on the tight end spot, and uh, we notice his speed. We think there are some matchup abilities there for the Jaguars. So I 
think he's going to continue to be a big factor for the Jags. Do you think now that he's been here a few weeks, and again, they get the bye week to kind of say, all right, now that we have him, let's see if we can utilize him a little bit more or in this way, shape, or form. Do you think that evolves his role or is, hey, he's a tight end, man. He has this skill set. We know what it is. There's nothing really to evolve. It is what it is. Let's see if we can hit him five times a game. No, I mean, I think if you have a tight end like Dan Arnold, who's six foot six, two hundred and twenty pounds, I mean, you know, a size alone, he would be a mismatch in the secondary. Uh, I think it's all about how you use him now. We've seen him in space, and he's got suitable speed, um, and, and he has the ability to catch the ball. So I do like that. Like if you look at what Arizona's doing with Zach Ertz right now, Zach Ertz is all over the place, right? Like Zach Ertz is in the slot. Zach Ertz is on the outside. Zach Ertz is is running. You know, it wasn't this game, but against the Packers, but their last game where he kind of ran like a jet sweep um they're trying to incorporate zach ertz because they went after him they traded for him they see zach ertz as a weapon i think we're starting to get to that point with dan arnold um but i like to see some maybe some more gadget stuff going to him and see what he's truly capable of in terms of athleticism and being a mismatched nightmare uh lastly on the jags uh for now at least i think you know, all this talk about these guys, whether it's Tavon Austin, Jamal Agnew, uh, Tyron Johnson guy on the outside, some of your speed guys. If Let's just say, I think the best example of this, if Tyron Johnson were to kind of do what Jamal Agnew does, right? Like he surprised us in the ability to help, and the Jags didn't plan early on on a guy like Dan Arnold. Well, if Tyron Johnson can, over the next couple of weeks, start to show a little life, show a little contribution, it would be really interesting. Like, that could really change some things on the offensive side. That's what everybody's trying to discover. Now, I don't even know how many reps he's going to get, or, or if any, but um, I think if you if you think about one more thing that Jags could ask for, and, and if you could kind of wish upon a star a little bit here over the next 11 games, I think that might be it, Austin. Can this guy who was pretty coveted once he got cut from the Chargers, can he m start to make a little bit of an impact? And if he does, what does that do for your offense? What does that do for your young quarterback? I, I think if there was one thing I could uh, kind of wish upon for, for this team, it would probably be that over these next 11 games from an offensive perspective. Sure. It just it begs the question then of what is that offense going to look like if you rely on Tyron Johnson as well? Because now you have, you know, I mean, assuming that you have a tight end set, you have Dan Arnold, you have Tyron Johnson then, you have Agnew, you have Marvin Jones, and you have LaVisca Chenault. So then what is this offense going to look like if that's what you're running in terms of a spread? Because keep in mind, if you focus more on that, that will take away from James Robinson and his ability to run between the tackles. So it's kind of like a give and take a little bit. Um, yeah, I love to see Tyron Johnson run, run, run a go route and open up the top, take off the top, and hit a 70-yard touchdown. Who wouldn't? But at the same time, I also understand that if the emergence of Agnew is the real deal, you know, Tyron Johnson, I think, kind of goes behind the queue a little bit because they have found a guy now that at least is a little more dynamic and capable of, of you know, being quick. Brent Martineau, Austin Lane, Casey Kurtz here on a Friday. Some quick hitters before we let you go. We're going to talk some high school football with Coach Kevin Sullivan just a little bit. Um, I'll tell you, man, this story out of Chicago uh, is just awful. Um, and it's unbelievable it can happen at, the, at, at any level, but at this kind of level. A uh, story that's like a, a decade old with the Chicago Blackhawks, and it's catching up with a lot of people that were tied to the Blackhawks. Um, yeah, and, I mean, and now the was, latest is, yeah. by the way, Rocky Wurtz is the uh, owner of the Blackhawks. He's trying to get, uh, you heard it on the update, I think, Brad Aldrich, who uh, was part of the Stanley Cup team, his name removed from the, the Stanley Cup, uh, and he, he, they have to, like, reach out to the Hall of Fame to be able to do that. 
but uh, it's, it's an unbelievably bad story. Uh, not for the current Blackhawks, although they're dealing with it, but uh, of that Blackhawks team uh, years ago. No, I mean, you know, this was... Everybody knew this was coming, and this was a powder keg that was just waiting to blow up, and now it finally has. Like you said, this this stemmed back from, you know, over a decade ago, um, and now it's finally caught up to them, and it, it, it stinks for the players on that team because they have to go through all this, and a lot of those players weren't even there, weren't even a part of it. But, um, yeah, it, it's definitely an unfortunate situation. There's still some things that are unraveling and, and coming to light here, but not a good look for that organization, not a good look for the city of Chicago, and not a good look for the Chicago Blackhawks. Well, not only that, man, but the uh, from the NHL standpoint, the Florida Panthers, who are supposed to be pretty good, coach resigns because of the tie to the Blackhawks scandal at the time. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so now the Florida Panthers are also uh, tied into it. And we'll see if that uh, changes how, how their season goes. So um, a bad story uh, this week coming out of the NHL. Uh, the, uh, the other story I want to ask you, high school hoops uh, phenom, uh, did you see this where he landed the, the big deal, the NID, NIL deal, Mikey Williams? And he signs uh, with Puma. Huh. Trying to make Puma cool. Like, okay, I see you. I, I thought that was the odd part, right? Like, I saw this headline come across this morning. It was weird. It was, like, early, too, that I got the, like, the ESPN alert. Yeah. And uh, it's a multi-year footwear and apparel endorsement deal. And that's all it said. And it, the kid's 17 years old. Like, he can't even go to the NBA for a few more years. He's a 6'2 junior in Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, it's not just that he's, like, he's a top 10 uh, prospect. So he's not, like, this number one can't-miss guy. But he's got 5 million followers on TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter yeah, combined. There you go. And so it combines his athletic prowess and NBA prowess and also his social media influence. And but the shocking thing for me was, and, and you guys know the sneaker business way better, but Puma is the one. Yeah, you know, I mean, it, it makes sense from Puma because you know, obviously, I think in the NBA, like you're not going to get a lot of guys wearing that brand. But why not gear your product towards the next generation? And you know, a, a guy like Mikey Williams, I think, kind of, you know, he. Um, he embraces that because, hey, you could be the face of Puma. You could be the, the kid that essentially made Puma cool to wear again on the basketball court. So I think it's kind of a smart move from both sides. Um, I'm not sure how much. Do we know how much that was? I didn't see the deal how much it was. <clears throat> uh, it's got to be pretty significant, I would think. Oh, I'm but, sure it uh, was. Yeah. I don't. I didn't see exactly how much the deal was worth. Yeah, I mean, nevertheless, though, yeah, it's... Uh, it's crazy that you can be in high school and you can sign a sneaker deal, but it is what it is. <laughs> yeah, by the way, times is, that we're living in. Yeah, this is just a start. Uh, Puma, by the way, has a uh, roster of 25 athletes in the basketball world. Um, Brianna Stewart and uh, Skylar Diggins-Smith from the WNBA. Mm -hmm. Brianna Stewart. Uh, and uh, there is a big name here. Kyle Kuzma, Andre Ayton, and LaMelo Ball. <laughs> I was getting to I was saving the last one. LaMelo Ball. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> that was the big name? Yeah. Oh, okay. I got you. The, does it, I thought Ball had his own shoes. Oh, no, the, that that folded a couple years ago. <laughs> <laughs> big big baller brand can be found now at your local TJ Maxx and Nordstrom's. <laughs> TJ Maxx, is that still a thing? TJ Maxx? Are you kidding me? Hell yeah, man. 
Is TJ Maxx? Yes. Are you kidding me, TJ Maxx? I've see, never shopped hey, anywhere hey, else. Hey, hey, Look at that. Hey, hey, see, TJ Maxx is still can't, Hey, you can't hide money, can you? No. Brent's the point. TJ, I, I haven't heard of TJ Maxx in 20 years. Meanwhile, I me haven't. and Casey going there every single weekend, man, getting those discounts. I'm with you, Casey. You better believe. Where is there a TJ Maxx around here? Atlantic and Kernan. Boom. Is there? Yes, I go there every day. Boom. Every week, every I should say. Day. Boom. Is there still Marshalls? Yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah, heard of Marshalls. Marshalls. Man, it's about TJ sure? Maxx, obviously. Well, well, hey, well, would you get off your ivory throne for a second and come back down to the real people down here, please? <laughs> Man. Listen, I mean, I thought Coles put them on a business. Look, That's where I go. There's a Coles in Jacksonville? Also, it's next. I swear, t I swear Is on there everything. A in Jacksonville? It's next to TJ Maxx. Seriously? I'm not Atlantic and Kernan. Google it. Okay. It's literally Coles. Well, there's Kohl's, a couple of Coles. TJ Maxx. Because well, yeah. you know Coles is a Wisconsin thing now. What do you mean now? Well, I mean, it's. I'm just saying it like that's how I talk. Like you know, now. Like, <laughs> I'm not saying right this moment. It's a. It's oh, always oh, been a Wisconsin yeah, okay. thing. I'm saying, hey, now, you know, like <laughs> that was like, like that. Hey, I took it as they just got <laughs> yeah, it. I'm like, like, hey, now, yes, you did. Come on now. <laughs> uh, that was um, kind of awkward for a moment. Yeah, uh, Casey, right. like I've never hung out with you before. Like we don't work together every single day. Start knowing my cadences, man. Right. <laughs> hey, Sorry. Uh, one game three of the World Series. Who you got? Is that, is that tonight? I don't even know. Yes. Okay. Houston. <laughs> Casey, who you got? Dude, I have a whole hour show. Why would I tell you now? You got to oh, listen to the show. Oh, I like that little appetizer. You really think people are going to hang on to listen to the show just for that? They're going to listen to the show because you have some guests on and, and World Series talk. Not Ouch. because of your pick. Wow. But fine. You don't have to give it away. Uh, I think wow. the Braves will win uh, game three. Well, this, we definitely uh, know who's not listening to my show. Well, you're right. I'll be shooting high school football. Dude, you got to drive there, okay? It's on ESPN well, well, 690. I'm it's cool. Uh, no, I'm going to be cool. watching Dude and so sorry, man. Can't, okay. can't listen to it. Uh, uh, just uh, one last thing. Uh, the Butterfield Bermuda Championships in golf. Oh, yeah. How's uh, my guy even doing? Yeah. Well, by the way, your crazy thing is when I looked this morning, oh, gosh, he didn't finish. He didn't do that well. Your Higo guy from last week. Who was awful? Don't even was know, leading yeah. when I woke up this morning. Was he really? Or not woke up this morning, but when I looked, he was yeah. at seven under. Well, he dropped all the way back to three under. Yeah. Um, so, how are we doing? Well, horrible, huh? Austin, not making the cut. Butcher's out of business. Well, you can't make the cut if you quit. Hey, my guy quit. Oh no. WD. My guy quit. Oh, no. Yeah. Matt Every withdrew. What do you mean he quit? He was playing today, wasn't he? Like he was on the golf course today. Today, he get hurt. Uh, we're we're looking as fast as we can, but believe it or not, it's not a breaker. How many FedEx points did you still get? If he zero, yeah, he did withdraw. He was seven. He shot seventy six in the first round, so he was already probably going to miss the cut. I mean, I um, guess he's super. Uh, maybe maybe he is super laid back then. Like he didn't want to finish. Yeah, so you did have that right. That yeah, point. Um, nailed it. However, I'm with you. Harry Hall not making the cut. Ooh. Um, against all odds, and Brent picked Russell Knox. Russell Knox. Knox yeah. He is going to make the cut. Uh, of course. Yeah. Minus two, and uh, Russell's a good nine shots off the lead, though. So you guys probably don't have to worry about that. Well, shout out to to Russell Knox, who I don't know at all, but I, I think you do, Brent. He's he's in my daily fantasy this week, so I'm awkwardly rooting for your guy to do well. Yeah, that's good. Uh, Knox is awesome too. He's a lot of fun. Uh, all right, uh, have a lot of fun this weekend, Austin Lane. Oh, you know I will. Happy Halloween, everybody. Stay yeah, safe happy out Halloween. There. Uh, tell Ronan. To uh, scare a lot of people. Oh, you better believe it, man. Those red yeah, eyes are ready to go. Wait, of candy. How did it go? What do you mean? Did he wear the costume to school? Oh, you better believe it. Couldn't couldn't take the sickle though. Got uh, stopped yeah. at the door I with the sickle. I told you, 
You could have, Wait, yeah. he got stopped Even, at the door? Well, like, it was in the car, and then, like, my wife was like, all right, you want to go in? And he's like, okay. And then, like, the teacher's like, yeah, absolutely not. But you tried. <laughs> I respect it. Well, I think, I mean, we didn't really try. We just tried to make him feel like he tried. Like, we knew it wasn't going to work. Uh, but he had to see yeah. it for himself, you know? So well, you thankfully, go. you didn't bring the sickle to whatever class he's in, and now it's not like on Action News Jacks tonight. No, that's that's a good thing because then you know what? If that's the case, no trick or treating on Sunday then. So yeah, but, can't wait. But the sickle's with him coming to the door. Get ready, Jackson. Oh, you better believe Ronan's it. Ronan's on his way. Ronan's on his way. If you have some shrubs that need cutting, you let me know, <laughs> and you better have those Reese's peanut butter cups ready because we're coming for those as well. <laughs> we want the full size, people. You better believe it. All right, have a good weekend. Have fun with Ronan and the family. Happy Halloween to everybody else. We talk a little more high school football when we come back. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690, live from Extreme Wing Sports Grill here on Roosevelt Boulevard here on a Friday in Jacksonville. I think Keon has uh, really improved from a year ago. I think he's a really good practice player, a very talented player. Love the guy. Actually, a really good leader, you know, and I didn't know that. Uh, I think Hop's done a nice job with the line. Jawan Taylor uh, didn't play as well last week, but he's, he's been pretty consistent. You know, when we start playing Von Millers of the world and Chandler Jones and then this outfit coming up, those guys, you get exposed now if your tackles are getting beat. Overall, the Jags' offensive line has been better. It's uh, It's been good. It's Really, it's been good. By NFL standards, it's good. It's just relative sometimes. And not everybody likes their offensive line. But uh, I'm telling you, I think we've been right about this. I think a lot of teams would sign up for the Jaguars' offensive line. And uh, this year, when you have top 10 rushing team and also, I think, top Five and fewest hits on your quarterback, especially a young quarterback. Well, uh, you're acquitting yourself pretty nicely in the NFL, and the Jaguars' offensive line has done that. Brent Martineau back here, Austin Lane on his way to the weekend now. Casey Kurtz still in there. And by the way, Casey's got. We have so much programming coming up uh, to. Just keep it locked, the ESPN 690 on the TV side, CBS 47, Fox 30. Casey has a one-hour uh, World Series show coming up. Uh, Brett Myers scheduled to join him, who obviously played in one of the World Series. Uh, Daniel Murphy joined us earlier, uh, so we'll play that back. And uh, Brian Baker earlier this week. I'm not sure exactly what Casey's using, but we've had uh, the UNF Osprey on uh, this week as well. So plenty of baseball talk coming up. Get you ready for Game 3. You can see Game 3 of the World Series on Fox 30. And then we have the Blitz scoreboard show at uh, 9 o'clock. That's why you won't hear Game 3 tonight on ESPN 690 because we have high school football. And then we have the Blitz coming up at 1120 on TV. Uh, shorter edition this week because of the World Series. But uh, still plenty of highlights. And we had two days of football to talk about. And we bring in our Hall of Fame coach right now, Kevin Sullivan, who joins us each and every week here on Action Sports Shacks and on the Blitz scoreboard show. Uh, coach, uh, what were your impressions last night of of the action, including a very good and resounding statement by the Reigns Vikings over the Columbia Tigers. Yeah, I think last night was pretty good, man. Uh, again, Thursday night, Florida, Georgia week, a lot of the public schools are playing. And, uh, you know, to get the win last night, wake up this morning on a Friday, a little bit of time off, you can enjoy the weekend and enjoy it. But, yeah, I thought Reigns was really clicking last night. And, uh, you know, I think they're starting to really play really good football down the stretch here, Brent. All right, uh, Kevin Sullivan with us, uh, former uh, Ed White coach, Jackson coach, Atlantic Coast coach, and uh, well, now somewhere probably up in Clemson, South Carolina, I'm assuming. 
Yeah, you know it. Your your favorite place, TDs, man. We just stepped outside to do the show a little bit, and uh, you've been here twice with my buddy Mike Collins, uh, the owner of the place. And uh, yeah, man, it's a it's a good time. I had to come up and see the Seminoles. It's gonna be a good week uh, up here. A little cold though, a little cold. Yeah, this is uh, it is it chilly with. Uh, what's uh, because now cooled off here in Jacksonville too, so pretty chilly temperatures uh, there at the at Clemson tomorrow. Uh, yeah, I think the high is like 56 tomorrow. Hopefully the rain gets out of it. It's been raining today. It's you know that I don't mind the cold, but that rain cold is just nasty. So hopefully that gets out. It's supposed to be sunny by kickoff and uh, be be a good atmosphere. And again, nobody thought uh, beginning of the year that both these teams would be four and three and three and four coming into this game. Yeah, I mean, Coach, nobody thought when we had you come on for high school football that you'd be reporting for us at Clemson FSU <laughs> on a Friday night. Well, that is true. That is true. But, yeah, I, you know, get a chance. My buddy's up here. We always try to get up to a game and, and hang out and enjoy uh, this area. I really like the area up here. So, you know, now that I'm retired, I, I can get out and do these things. Uh, the uh, By the way, huge uh, – uh, we'll get back to high school in a moment, but we talked about this yesterday – Huge game for the Knowles if they can win. I, I don't think they take a, a damaging hit if they lose uh, because it's probably expected. I mean, heck, the line says so, right? It's almost a 10-point underdog. But what a win it would be, right? I mean, if Florida State uh, were to win. Yeah, it, it would be really good. I mean, especially a program uh, that started 0-4 and, and won three in a row. And, uh, you know, I think that if they just keep doing what they're doing, I think both of the teams are short of um, – you know, O-line's got some issues on both sides. I think defensively, D-line and linebackers have been playing pretty good for both teams. And, uh, you know, the the running game for Florida State is the equalizer, I think. Uh, uh, but can we block all the exotic blitzes and the things that uh, Venables is going to do for Clemson? So it, it, it's going to be a good one. And like I said, beginning of the year, nobody expected this to be uh, a 4-3 and three and a 3-4 three and four team going against each other right now. All right, back to high school football. Uh, big one down in St. Augustine, right? Gainesville, St. Augustine playing for a uh, district championship. We'll get to Clay in a moment, but uh, first, your impressions of that one. How tough will that be for St. Augustine? Do they have the goods to bring home a district title? Well, the funny thing about this one is the 6A is so loaded, like the top 10 guys are so close to each other in the RPI, the loser may actually get eliminated tonight. That's what's so crazy about the way this has gone on. Um, on the 6A because the 6A looks to me like might be the best classification of all as far as top to bottom. So uh, St. Augustine battle-tested, uh, Gainesville Highs battle-tested. Um, I like being at home with St. Augustine. I think Brian Brack's going to have his kids ready to go. I think that's going to be a really, really special game for high school football tonight. Yeah, should be a good one. Uh, the other one, of course, Clay, North Marion. Uh, they're on the road, Clay is, but that's uh, – basically a chance to to wrap up a playoff spot as well yeah and again i think the loser gets eliminated out of the rpi the way it looks uh both of them are at the lower teal they're like eight and nine right now in the rpi so the winner of the district goes to the number four seed and the other guy believes out especially after last night's ed white had a good win last night Parker fought a little bit and uh, came back from 16 down. They're in that 5A district, but I think the loser tonight of Clay and North Marin get eliminated. Well, I'll get, take you some more to elimination potential games. Nice at Fleming Island, we've been talking about 7A. I mean, that thing is just so loaded, uh, and every week they got to bring it. Nice at Fleming Island's a big one tonight. Yeah, that's going to be a really big game, and, and again, the there's – 
you know, Atlantic Coast, Nice, and Fleming Isle are basically seven, eight, and nine in the RPI. Fletcher won the district, so they'll probably end up being the four seed. And uh, uh, Atlantic Coast got the win last night, so you're basically looking maybe at an elimination game tonight between Nice and Fleming Island because right now in the RPI, Nice is eight, Fleming Island is nine. And so by one point, so it, it's going to be a crazy game. Basically, their playoff game starts tonight. Uh, speaking of uh, some crazy games, Oakleaf is a weird team to figure out, Coach. Uh, even in losses, they, they, they look like they're about to beat good teams, and then they might lose. I mean, it's been odd. It's just been a weird year, I think, for Oakleaf. And they're playing Creekside, who started so strong, uh, lost to Atlantic Coast, and lost a tough one to Bartram Trail. They've been sitting on those two losses for a couple weeks, had a bye, and now they're almost in must-win mode here coming down the stretch to secure a playoff spot. Uh, we talked about this scenario. This is a huge game for Creekside, but it's no gimme. Don't just look at the records. Oakleaf's dangerous. Yeah, the thing about Oakleaf is they're so young. They graduated a bunch of kids last year, and they're so young on both sides of the ball. So you're going to get up and down week in and week out. And I think Creekside's got to win out to get in because the 8A – on their side where they're at we've already got the four district champions and last night we had an upset in orlando timber creek who was number seven upset number four uh winter park last night so they become the district champion and now winter park jumps in there which pushes creekside down so i think creekside's got a win tonight and they've got a win next week at pv to get in how about that? And then uh, I'll give you a sneaky good game as well. District titles not on the line, the lower classifications, but trying to get in that top six when you're class 1A through 4A is uh, Jackson at West Nassau. That could be a really good game tonight and a big one for those schools. I think West, West Nassau is sitting right in the sixth position in uh, the region, in the RPI. Yeah, and uh, I agree with you on that. And remember, they started 0-3. They've won three in a row, West Nassau. And they, they sort of changed a little bit what they've been doing, get back to what um, what they've always been able to do with the physical run game and the play action. But they've been playing really good. And then Jackson's come off two really big wins for them. They've got Baldwin and Episcopal back-to-back coming off an open week trying to get healthy and they're in that mix too and again like you said there's only six there so you've got jackson at four and west nassau at six so to me that's a big rpi game and a big a big thing at, at this late in the year two really quality teams west nassau's been there before jackson's back on the rise with coach four and his staff and uh i think that one's going to be real exciting and that's up in callahan Casey, let's queue up uh, Committed to the Uncommitted from last week. We do this series. We've been doing it all year. And, Coach, I think we're on to something here with Committed to the Uncommitted uh, presented by Baker Sports. Jaheim Odom, uh, who is someone we uh, recognized last week, we want to make sure we mention his name again. Uh, Odom had a big game a couple weeks ago against Nice. He's a defensive back, under 90-pound guy, uh, can play multiple positions. Uh, but you know that Atlantic Coast program really well. They got another win last week, uh, last night, excuse me, and uh, – Odom's a big part of that defense and the turnaround that uh, Atlantic Coast has had this season. Yeah, he, he's done a really good job. Coach Bonnemeyer said one thing about him they really like. Sometimes they put him down in the box. They'll play him back on the half. And the thing he really likes is he wants to play special teams. He wants to run down on kickoff. He wants to be the gunner. He, he'll do whatever he asks. He's sort of a throwback kid. And uh, he's really been gone. They missed him uh, the three games uh week i want to believe three four and five but then he's been back playing really well 
some of our players, Coach, starting to get some offers. I, we just did Brandon Peavy a couple weeks ago. I think I yep. saw he had an offer. Uh, mm -hmm. There's somebody else I saw, I thought, today on social media. Now I can't remember exactly who it was. But uh, it's, I'm not saying they're getting them directly related to our segment, but it's kind of the nature of the segment. These guys have been under the radar. Now all of a sudden they're getting attention. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, and we'll do another one tonight, committed to the uncommitted. Uh, but there are a lot of school, a lot of athletes on, in every sport that need some of that publicity right now, don't they? Yeah, and again, you know, you 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 have a different um, following than I have, and I have a different following. So when you tag that stuff and put it on Twitter, and then I retweet and that, I believe there's still a lot of guys that follow me in college. There's guys that follow you just because of the area and everything, and I think it just helps our guys, our kids in our area, get that name out. But because you know, especially with the COVID year last year, and a couple of guys we we one didn't play football till this year. The guy last week or two weeks ago, and then Tolliver uh, early on in the year he missed a significant amount of time. Odin's missed a significant amount of time. So we're getting our kids some publicity and, and whatever we got to do to help the kids in the 904. We're all about it. Yeah, absolutely, and I know you have some good reach there, and I know these kids are um, have earned it, so that's pretty cool. We'll see where some of them end up. We'll continue to follow their path, but we like to highlight different players each and every week. We'll have two new players coming up tonight. We're actually going to do two of them from the same school, so you have to stay uh, uh, tuned in tonight on the Blitz Scoreboard Show. Uh, but uh, committed to the uncommitted, presented by Baker Sports. All right, Coach. Hey, I feel right, like buddy. you talked. I feel like you sound a little bit like you're at a, a golf event. I know you don't <laughs> want to yell on the streets of Clemson, South Carolina, but I also felt like you were like you were like in the back row of the wedding in Philadelphia and had <laughs> and talked a little louder than you are right now. I mean, let's get those folks rocking at TDs there in Clemson, South Carolina. Oh yeah, I'm in the back right, back there in the back in the office. So. Uh, you know, it's starting to pick up here. A lot of uh, clumps of people, of course, but a lot of Florida State people rolling in it. It's going to be fun. Hopefully the weather holds up, like I said. But uh, that's your place up there. You always got a place to come up with my buddy Mike Collins up at uh, TD's in Clemson. All right. Well, when we talk to you a little bit later tonight, potentially, we want to um, how everybody feels about Trevor Lawrence so far with the Jacks, okay? Gotcha. I'll get that All info. Right. Go have some fun, man. We'll talk to you a little bit later. All right, Brent. Thanks. <laughs> See, when, when he enters the door and he goes back in at TD's up there in Clemson, South Carolina, he gets a round of applause, Casey. Not bad. Not <laughs> That's a bad what it game. sounds like. Uh, you, this was before you joined the show, but when we went up and did, did stories on Trevor, we went to his pro day. Uh, we did the show from the place he's in. He has a buddy up there. It's right across from campus. It was a great spot. Uh, so that nice. was, uh, that's what he was referring to. Guy's uh, a legend. We appreciate oh, he absolutely is. Uh, we are um, so appreciative of the support Baker Sports gives us for Committed to the Uncommitted and our Blitz Scoreboard show coming up at 9 o'clock tonight. Also, the UNF Ospreys, they've supported us as well. University of North Florida Ospreys, go check out unfospreys.com uh, for more information, schedule, results, news, tickets to men's and women's basketball. And uh, here's a quick look at uh, your swoop minute. On a Friday, volleyball is tied for the most wins in NCAA Division I with 20. Ospreys go to A-Sun East Division, leading FGCU 19-4 and 11-0 in the A-Sun. So that will be a big one. And then UNF also plays Stetson on Saturday. Men's and women's cross country. Uh, they go to the A-Sun Championships in Orlando tomorrow. Men's and women's soccer. Uh, men's soccer plays in a win-and-in match at Liberty in the regular season finale on Saturday. Women's soccer had four A-Sun postseason all-conference honorees they had a fantastic year and some of their folks were highlighted uh in postseason recognition women's golf won the 16 team palmetto intercollegiate Kristen eisenbeis was named a sun golfer of the week 
and UNF Basketball Fan Day set for November 4th, so it's coming up next week. Volleyball out of the road match at FSU November 9th. Men's basketball, do you believe this? It opens at Texas Tech November 9th, just around the corner here. We're almost in November, and UNF Women's Basketball home opener on November the 11th. That is your swoop minute. Go to UNFOspreys.com for everything UNF scores, schedules, results, news, and ticket information for your season tickets for men's and women's basketball. Uh, we'll get one more break. We put a bow on the show. We got a lot more to come, including a World Series show with Casey at 6 o'clock, a Blitz scoreboard show at 9 o'clock, 10 a.m. tomorrow. Uh, we'll be at the uh, Duval House with ESPN 690 Game Day Live, and we'll talk three and a half hours forward to Georgia. That will go right into Florida State Clemson coverage. What a couple of days we have here on ESPN 690, here with Action Sports Jacks. More about how you can find a couple of tickets to that Florida-Georgia game when we come back on ESPN 690, live from Extreme Wing Sports Grill on Roosevelt Boulevard. Yeah, chemistry is very important, but I don't typically address it with the team. I don't feel like we have a chemistry issue with either quarterback. I've said repeatedly, I don't think our offensive players really pay attention to or know who's back there most of the time, especially this year where there's been a lot of interchangeable parts. I mean, Carson's gone with the ones. Stetson's gone with the ones. JT's gone with the ones. JT's been out. Carson's been hurt. Stetson's had lower back. I mean, we've had a revolving door in terms of guys that have gone there. I, I really don't think that it's uh, a big deal for the uh, offensive players in terms of who's in there and the continuity piece. Uh, that is Kirby Smart, and who's he going to play at quarterback tomorrow? I mean, I, I actually think it's more of a mystery for Georgia than it is for Florida. Florida should play Anthony Richardson. If they don't, well, I don't think that's a smart move by Dan Mullen, and I think a lot of people would agree. Uh, Brent Martineau back here at Extreme Wing Sports Grill. Uh, Brent and Casey Kurtz here to finish up a Friday, and we're really not done, folks. We're just getting started. Uh, Casey will have a World Series special coming up at 6 to 7. We have the Blitz Scoreboard Show, 9 to 10.30. And then tomorrow, 10 a.m., Casey and I will take it for three and a half hours. Brian Middleton will jump in as well. We have a bunch of interviews. I was emceeing the Florida Georgia Hall of Fame luncheon today, so we caught up with Thomas Davis, Theatric Faison. Uh, talked with Greg McGarrity earlier in the week, uh, John Stinchcomb as well. Uh, today and Kiwan Ratliff. So we've got interviews and a lot of talk about this game coming up for three and a half hours tomorrow. Uh, so a lot of action still to come here on ESPN 690. But uh, Casey, I mean, I think it's a more of a mystery. Uh, you're kind of a Gator guy, so more of a mystery what Georgia will do, right? I mean, they've been playing Stetson Bennett, but JT Daniels, you certainly can make the case as the better option. Yeah, he's the better option right now for sure. And, um, I think if you're Kirby Smart, you have to go with what's working for you. Now, granted, that's your defense, but I think you just roll with Stetson Bennett, and I don't think it'll look like it did last year here. With, yeah, that uh, wasn't good. It was not good. But, but, um, the, but Stetson Bennett played last year because they had really no other choices, right? I mean, oh, yeah. It, was, it wasn't like, it was just like, okay, let's try this. Um, that's not the case this year. No, not at all. But I, I think he'll play. Um, if they get JT Daniels involved, that's fine as well. But at the end of the day, Brent, I'm not going to lie to you. I don't think it matters. Yeah, I don't know. I just don't feel that way. I think it does matter a little bit. And if they fool themselves or outthink themselves, much like Mullen, if he outthinks himself, uh, himself uh, on the Anthony Richardson part, then it could hurt the Gators. Uh, we'll see. By the way, hey, we've got to encourage you to download the relevant app. Casey's about to put up another hint uh, on the relevant app. you got to download it, though. And if you want to find a couple of tickets to the Florida-Georgia game tomorrow, we are giving them away tomorrow. But... 
It's been a scavenger hunt, essentially. We've had clues all week on the relevant app. So you got to download it, you see the clues, and what is it tomorrow, about 1230? Uh, the tickets will be waiting for Sounds whoever, right. um, you know, obviously has the uh, key to the clues. <laughs> so gotta you got to follow download, the clues. So you got to download the relevant app, R-E-L-E-V-N-T, and you get a chance to go to the Florida-Georgia game. We'll have a couple of tickets that we will give away on Saturday afternoon. Uh, but where will they be? Well, that's what the clues are designed to help with. Uh, we've got a World Series show with Casey coming up in just a couple of minutes. I'll be back on the Blitz Scoreboard show at 9 o'clock with Kevin Sullivan and Casey. So a big night ahead here on ESPN 690. That will do it for now from Extreme Wing Sports Grill, Roosevelt Boulevard. Come on out all weekend long. Any of the four locations, Ocean Way, Atlantic and Kernan, and St. John's County on 210 as well as this location on Roosevelt Boulevard. Happy Halloween. Enjoy the weekend, everybody, but keep it locked. ESPN 690. Plenty of coverage still to come.